0: Show Money episode six eighty five. Doctors Knee and Renee Darko.
1: You're listening to So Money with award winning money guru Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a thirty minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life. Welcome to So Money.
0: What would you do if you woke up with $662,000 in student loans? You heard that right. Over $650,000 in just student loan debt. And that is the reality. That is what happened to doctors Nee and Renee Darko. After meeting in medical school and completing really rigorous surgical residencies, The Darko's woke up to see their total debt balance had ballooned to the high six figures after years of deferment and forbearance. They were stressed, they were confused, they weren't making any progress on actually paying down their principal. And so they decided to get serious, real serious. They cut out some pricey insurance policies, they took on a significant amount of extra shifts at the hospitals, they reprioritized everything, and I'm talking really, they paid just $200 a month in groceries for two and a half years. And in three years, they managed to get to debt zero. Three years, $662,000 done, finished in three years. So, we're going to talk today about how they did it and the challenges they encountered along the way. You'll also hear about how paying off their debt has given these two physicians financial independence, enabling them to pursue their passions and business pursuits. They're not just doctors, they run businesses. And they're just a lot of fun. I love these two. Here we go. Doctors knee and Renee Darko. Doctors Renee and knee Darko, welcome to So Money, my first medical team on the show. Happy to have you.
1: Oh, uh, we're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Parnoosh.
0: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. You know, your story of getting out of debt together, over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of student loan debt. You know, we hear about a hundred thousand dollars here, two hundred thousand dollars there at the extreme levels of student loan. I don't think I've ever met some someone or a couple that had this much debt. Now it's justified in some ways, right? You're both doctors and I understand mm-hmm. you also went to business school. So right. it was it was it was worth it.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely worth it.
0: It was good. All right. So we want to catch up with you soon and find out how life is today. You're laughing, obviously. And this is, this is, uh, <laughs> old news, the $662,000 in student loan debt. But for the sake of our learning, please walk us through how you got out of that in such a short period of time as well.
1: Whoa. Okay. So it all started, this is me. So it all started when we went on our honeymoon, actually. Uh, We got married in 2013, late November, 2013, and went on our vacation to Australia. And we've been dating for a long period of time and we had never taken any type of trip together or anything like that. And just fast forward to about day five on the trip, We didn't have any cell phone access. We didn't really have data. And we were just enjoying ourselves because we weren't plugged in. We were just enjoying life. And then we looked at each other and we said, when's the next time we're going to be able to have fun like this? Right. You know, and we kind of talked about what were the main things that would prevent us from being able to come back and do a trip like this. The biggest one was work. And the reason why we work was to pay off our student loans. Remember that? Right.
2: Absolutely. And you have to understand, um, you know, it wasn't your average honeymoon. We had actually decided to go to Australia, New Zealand and Bali for a month. So we actually took a month off. So it's not like, oh, well, they went to Maui for like two weeks. So Mm -hmm. we really wanted to be able to have the, the capacity to do that. But with so much student loan debt and having to work that off, we we just knew it, it wasn't going to be possible unless we
1: did something different. Right. So then once let's say we fast forward when we got home, we basically started to combine our finances and we used Mint the app and we put together all of our liabilities and realized that we were dead broke. You know, so even though we had an okay income, a good income, we were, we felt blessed to have that. We just realized that we were literally what. Minus oh, six hundred. We it was so crazy. Negative. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: <laughs> and 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 just to explain how that came to be, it wasn't like you took on six hundred sixty-two thousand dollars in student loans. That was a result of deferment and forbearance, and the and the balance ballooning, essentially, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: So we both went to the same med school. Uh, we both did different residencies, but by the time we finished med school together we had each about $220,000 yeah. in debt. Mm-hmm about that. So Renee did some additional training in OB for four years. I did surgery training for an additional six years and we were deferring and forbearing. And it's like, I can't deal with it now with our low salaries. And by the time we got married, it was like, wait, how did we go from two hundred and twenty <laughs> wow. to $330,000 each? Yeah. Yes. It was crazy.
0: Yikes! Okay, so the the shock sets in, <laughs> the fear of <laughs> God sets in,
1: the tear yeah. the tears the start tears, coming down. All
2: of that, all of that. Mm. What next? So we, as Nee mentioned, we get home, and then fast forward maybe about another close to another year, and we realize you know we haven't really made a dent in this student loan. Um, you know the student loan burden at all. And um, what happened was we actually ended up uh, taking insurance for disability and life and for life insurance. And at that point, we were paying up the wazoo for disability and life insurance. And I was getting really, really upset because I felt like we were spending so much money on that and we weren't spending much money on our student loans. We were only paying the minimum. And so finally, we had this discussion. I was like, look, this is not benefiting us at all. Um, And I just feel like we need to make more of a dent in our student loans. So we just kind of decided that something needed to change.
1: So we realized that we had really overpriced life insurance and disability insurance. Um, We learned through your show you know, that we needed to get a lot more affordable insurance. So we had whole life insurance. Dun, Whoa. dun, dun. Oh, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> yo, Farnoosh, yo, we were paying oh, so much. Why did we you paying... get
2: that? Who so convinced that we you? didn't know Let's any call better. him or her right now. <laughs> exactly. We were stupid.
0: <laughs> you want to
1: talk about financial fails?
0: <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to that.
1: yeah. Well, <laughs> so we were spending more on our life insurance and disability than our student loan payments.
0: Oh,
2: thousands of dollars,
1: more. right? Which is
0: ironic yeah. because if God forbid something happened to you and that life insurance has to kick in, it's like you're only going to then be able to pay off your student loans in death. Absolutely, it's like, well, you, what about living your life and then being able to afford your life today? I totally get it, and I think that was the right call.
2: Right, right. So, um, so we we basically just decided that okay, look. Um, We're going to hit the hit the ground running with um, with our student loans. And we decided to basically cash in our life insurance. And thankfully, we did that um, and ended up paying towards our private loans because our private loans, because we had federal and private loans. So our private loans, I think our highest um, interest rate was about nine point (laughs) two five (laughs) percent.
1: And they and they totaled about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we ended up paying that off. And then we worked with a financial advisor and our original plan, our original plan was to pay off our private loans in three years and then pay off our federal loans in about 10 years. And so one day me comes home from work and I tell him, I'm like, look, we can pay, pay these private loans off in a year. And he's like, are you crazy? Like, what are you
1: talking about? Get out of here. I'm, <laughs> I just got home from work. I'm like, can I have something to eat first? I'm like, no, we're paying <laughs> Wait, off what? these
2: private loans in a year. Like,
1: we made a plan. It was three years and then yeah. 10 years. What are you talking about? One year. <laughs>
2: yeah. And so at the end of it, I mean, we literally went to work. And when I say we went to work, like, we. Got ourselves, you know, much more in terms of hours um, at work. And we ended up paying off the private loans in six months.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's also talk about the fact that you reduced your you talk about eating knee yes. wasn't much food in the house. Two hundred dollars a month. Two hundred dollars a month for your grocery budget for oh, two and a half years. I read. Yeah. Yes.
1: So far, We learned the power of budgeting, and we realized. So before we started budgeting, we actually started analyzing what was coming in and coming out through a yeah, spreadsheet and just tracking our money. And we found out that we were spending so much money on fast food and still buying groceries. So, you know, I spend a lot of my time at work. She spends a lot of her time at work. So a lot of the money we were spending at the cafeteria or we would spend at Wendy's or what have you. And then there was all this food in the refrigerator just perishing away. and We throw it away. So we made a pact that we would bring our lunch in. We made a pact that we wouldn't spend so much money on fast food and so forth. And after we did all the math, we said, hey, listen, we actually could get by with just $200 Mm -hmm. a month. Now, I'm not going to lie. Like the first two or three months was really difficult. But after a while, you know, turkey sandwich and cheese and and bread, Mm -hmm. ramen noodles, (laughs) ramen noodles,
0: you're working, (laughs) you know, you you don't really have time to feast. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So so
1: we but we made it happen. And the other thing, too, is we work as a team. So, Mm -hmm. you know, my job is to was to, you know, clean the dishes and then Renee would cook. So it w- it never got too overwhelming. Right. right? So she right. would do she would cook. She's a better cook than I am. Um, and then I would do the dishes and it would just be a lot more equitable that way. And right. we would save tons, tons of money. And then we just realized we had all this money we can put towards our student loan debt.
2: Plus, we're we're from immigrant families. So we really love beans and rice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, growing up, chicken and rice, chicken and rice. rice. Isn't it nice? We had a rhyme. What's dinner? What's for dinner tonight, mom? Chicken and rice. Chicken and rice? Yep.
1: And the chicken rice was the main dish.
0: Yep. That's right. That's <laughs> I'm right. paying for it now. Let me tell yeah. you. Um, <laughs> do you realize how lucky the two of you are in terms of your financial sinkness as a couple? That's rare. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. We we realized early on, you know, we listened to Dave Ramsey at times. um, And um, one thing that we realized kind of just listening to the people on his shows, there was so much strife and acrimony between, you know, the husband and wife or, you know, partners and so forth. And we realized that both of us really weren't big spenders. We didn't I didn't bring much credit card debt. She didn't have a credit card. Um, You know, we just didn't have big, you know, aspirations of buying stuff with money. Right. You know, we just we came from very you know, working class family backgrounds. Um, so for us, just becoming a doctor really was the 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 pinnacle for us. Yeah. You know, so during that time all the money that we had was just from student loan debt.
0: All right. Now let's talk a little bit more about the other things you cut out of your budget. So you cut out I wanna make sure I'm getting at this all, you cut out a lot of your food budget, mm-hmm. groceries to two hundred dollars a month. You you transferred all the money you were paying towards life insurance and disability over to the debt payments. What else anything else
2: there was um we gave ourselves each an allowance, and the allowance was basically for you know just kind of miscellaneous things that we wanted to maybe spend that we didn't necessarily have to ask each other about and that allowance each was fifty dollars a month for each of us
0: whoa, so what does that <laughs> get you what would you would you save it up in like in three months buy something?
1: Relatively sizable. <laughs> who knows?
2: Who knows? I think half the time we probably didn't even use it. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, the it thought was, of knowing right, that it's right. there. It's there. Exactly. Exactly.
0: What did you learn about yourselves throughout this process? I mean, I t- for me to hear two doctors who also have MBAs, two of the most aggressive degrees, most <laughs> difficult degrees out there to a- to achieve, Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you had an ability to get out of debt so quickly because it's not brain surgery
2: or is it? Uh, (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised. I think, you know, physicians tend to think that they're going to die with their debt or that they're going to pay up their debt, you know, pay off their debt once they're, you know, maybe close to or into retirement. So um, I think, you know, the dictum for, you know, paying off debt as a physician is, well, it's just always going to be with you. Yeah. So I think what we learned about ourselves was that, you know what, we don't have to either die or retire with our debt. Um, and that working as a team actually put us at a very, very big advantage. Um, so I think, you know, we we definitely learned a lot about just kind of, you know. What, what it means to um, want something so badly that you're willing to sacrifice. And, and I mean, that mirrors wanting to be a doctor and, you know, going for it. You want something so badly and you have to sacrifice time with your family and all these other things, um, that other people maybe in other professions don't.
0: And so when that balance reached zero, what, what 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 was that day like? What do you remember the moment? Me <laughs> nee was screaming.
1: Yeah, I was. I was. I we was. We videoed screaming. it actually. Yeah, oh, you yeah did. we did. Yeah, we videoed it. So we basically we knew the date that we were going to be able to pay it off, and in essence, we kind of just came together on the computer. So she had her student loan debt with one company. I had mine with another, and we had both of our laptops right next to each <laughs> other, and we literally press, <laughs> pressed send together. You know, oh, that's and- so,
0: that's that's really um, what's the word? It's sappy, but it's, it's, oh, yeah. hey, it's sappy. exactly. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> and you know you had to press refresh just to make sure it went through, right?
0: <laughs>
1: Make sure it that did it, didn't it, go, through, right?
0: it, it didn't go through twice, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> right? That's right, right.
1: Yeah. And and we heard from other people who did their you know their debt payoffs that the, it just there really wasn't much pomp and circumstance. But for us, you know, she when I was down, she kept me up when she was down, I kept her up. So for us, you know, when we paid off our debt, obviously there wasn't any balloons or anything like that going on. We just kind of celebrated in our own way, mm-hmm. you know, like we just kind of gave each other a big hug and just kind of just relished in the fact that literally that was our last student, student loan, loan payment, payment ever.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause yeah. you're not going back for any more degrees. You, you're what? good. Come on. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No. Not at all. Well, so what is your financial philosophy today? Maybe a year ago or two years ago, it was just do whatever you got to do to get out of debt. Now that you have no debt, what is your outlook about your money?
1: Well, I think our outlook on money now is is how can we grow our money to make sure that it works for us. And I think that is something that we didn't get when we were growing up. At least in my household, it was save, save, save. And we're just like, well, what do you do with saving? Just save. Like I didn't understand how money worked for us or how money can work for you. I didn't understand the concept of compounding interest. So I think now that we're out of debt, we really understand like the power of our income. So now it's literally a mad dash to save as much, invest as much you know, so that we can really just change our family tree. We have a son now, we want to make sure that he understands, you know, really good uh, basic principles about saving money, making money and understanding those concepts. Right.
0: Incredible. All right. You mentioned failures. I don't (laughs) know if the student loans are failures per se. It wasn't like you, you know, purchased a bunch of frivolous things and racked up a bunch of credit card debt. You got two substantial degrees. From that, although, you know, the deferment, the forbearance may have been something you would have thought twice about had you known it was going to increase Mm -hmm. your balance so much. Uh, But what was another lesson, maybe separately, you could answer each individually in your own lives, something
2: that you learned the hard way when it came to money?
1: You want to go first? Ladies first. Sure.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I think, huh. I was, you know, I was talking with me earlier and I was telling him that one of my financial failures, I think my biggest or my most impactful financial failure was when I was in residency and I had financed a new car. It wasn't a new car, but it was new to me. And I hadn't adjusted my spending, you know, basically I hadn't adjusted my budget for it. I was never a big spender, but when you're in residency, you're not making a lot of money. And I bought this new car and I was literally dead broke. It was. I looked at my bank account and it was zero. And I literally called my mother, crying, because I had no money. I had no money to get to work. I had no money to eat. So it just really taught me a lesson. And I just said, you know what? That will never, ever, ever happen to me again because I've worked too hard. um, You know, to not know where my next meal is going to be coming from. Like, so that was, I think, the most impactful failure um, in my life.
0: I hear that I can, a lot about cars being never like the best decision mm-hmm, <laughs> that people yeah. make. It's it, it, because it's a depreciating asset and usually to yes. put a lot down or, you know, now interest rates are low, but still it's, it is that thing that can, can be a big cloud for many people.
1: Right. For me, I would have to say, I have two, but I think definitely the biggest one was um, buying insurance products life insurance and disability insurance without really understanding it. And as a result, you know, I, I, I kind of got my wife into, she was a referral. I kind of got my wife into purchasing (laughs) something (laughs)
2: that
1: (laughs) that she didn't understand. And then I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners understand, like they have someone who wants to sell them a certain product. And then once you buy that product, then they say, Hey, do you have any referrals? So not only did I buy a bad product, then I gave like so many of my friends contact information to this person and just kind of perpetuated this bad product to my friends also. So um, we made some you know, because of that, we made some you know really bad steps initially with our finances, and obviously we recovered. But I feel really bad about that because you know I really pushed something that I really did not know much about, and um, not to say that we got rid of our insurance. We actually have term life insurance, but you know the whole life insurance is bad. <laughs>
0: In general, it's not In the general. best. In general, it's right. not yeah. the most appropriate financial product for I think a lot of people, um, you know, everyone's different. But in general, really, most people just need a good term insurance, term life insurance. Um, and yeah, so I, I totally understand that feeling of, of I don't know, you know, when you work with people who sell you products, you build a rapport, you build a relationship, you want to help them out. There, it's It's a tough place to be in. And right. I, I understand how, how you were drawn to do that. While well, you live, you learn. Tell us, yeah. tell us about the combination of an MBA and your, uh, your medical degrees. How are you combining them? Are you,
1: are you using the MBAs? Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. I I think definitely for us, um, when we were getting our MBA at the same time we were getting our medical degree, it was around the same time, uh, this is what, 2004, 2005. So it was around the same time that uh, Medicare Part D was coming out under the Bush administration. And what we realized was, yeah, we understand the concepts of the MBA, but we kind of realized how important the business of medicine was. And as a result, we kind of just took this, instead of looking at medicine at this like micro level, granular level- it kind of forced us to look at things from a 30,000 foot view. And it kind of just opened like this entrepreneurial spirit in us. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting once, but like once we started residency, we had to put that away, right? Because it's so busy. You're so busy (laughs) being a doctor. But then once we started paying off our debt, actually, that entrepreneurial spirit came back and we started using it to create our own separate businesses. Do tell. (laughs) Yeah.
2: <laughs> so right now we operate three businesses um, on top of... Because obviously- you have so much time.
0: Yeah. That's you know. another podcast, how you guys are managing your time. <laughs> oh
2: my goodness. Are we managing our time, Varnoosh? <laughs> <laughs> well, managing, I put in air quotes. That's right. That's right. Well, we have three businesses. Um, one is what they call a locum tenens business. And that basically is kind of a temp agency for physicians. So if, uh, if a hospital or a practice has, um, a need or a vacancy, um, temporarily, and they need a physician to cover, then we provide the physician, um, for that. And then I have a pre-medical, um, coaching business called pre-med strategies, Inc. And basically I'm, you know, coaching pre-meds, um, who want to, go through and, you know, apply to medical school. So kind of my tagline is I empower pre-meds with strategies to overcome the challenges of getting into medical school.
1: And And I'll let me talk about his business. And then last but definitely not least is a podcast that I that I host. It's called Docs Outside the Box. It's a podcast where (laughs) where I interview ordinary doctors who do really amazing and extraordinary things outside of medicine.
0: Visit com slash money. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Be sure you go to simplysafecom slash money so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash money. That is extraordinary. And here's a fourth business for you. Uh, this story of getting out of debt, I think, is going to inspire so many people, especially um, not just doctors and people who go to graduate school, but couples who are merging their finances and discover one or both have debt and how to, as a team, get out of that successfully. I think that you can touch so many people's lives, throwing up a blog, throwing up that video that you took when you finally got out of debt, talking about the steps. I think – I mean, I don't want to add more to your plate, but I do think that there is a lot there that you can do and leverage to – um to you know, impact more lives. If you're mm-hmm. interested, I know this podcast is going to change a lot of people's lives after
1: hearing it. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. hope we hope so, and we just want people to know that it is possible. You don't have to treat your debt like a pet, <laughs> you know. Hey, Sparky. Hey, you know. And um, you know, we 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 are open to just doing anything that's just outside of the box. We really enjoy just kind of being um, helpful to so many different people. Um,
2: and we've y- actually, um, if we've actually um, had the blog "Keeping Up with the Darkos" is our blog, and um, we have intermittently just kind of done. Um, Some things kind of like live streaming. We did a uh, a four day part series uh, during the time that we were paying off our debt. We haven't done one since we've paid off our debt. But that is I think you've touched on something that we probably should be working more towards.
0: Keeping Up with the Darkos. Yeah. yeah type that into Google and it's the first thing is of course keeping up with the Kardashians. That's <laughs> right. You are not <laughs> like that. That's get, right. We, we gotta, are the
2: opposite you and that's the opposite. kind of we actually, we actually I didn't even realize that the Kardashian show was called that, but obviously the whole Keeping Up with the Joneses um you know the Joneses are supposed to be people who spend like crazy and so Keeping Up with the Darkos is basically saying that we are the opposite um of the Joneses. And the Kardashians.
0: <laughs> and so when is your next trip to Australia or somewhere like that where you can unwind, unplug, and and live out your
1: Dang, dreams? You really put us on the spot there, Punish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would hope. I would hope. If not by the end of the year, maybe the beginning of next year. Yeah, I think that's we a, should we should be I able to realistic. travel, especially because we have a a young a
0: son. little one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I it's hard enough to take them to the grocery store, let alone uh, across <laughs> the across the world.
1: Absolutely. What
0: what is it like being parents? I mean. Um, it's like nothing else, obviously. But how are you dealing with the sleep deprivation?
2: <laughs> well, you get sleep de- deprivation in residency. It's actually not the same. sleep I guess you're deprivation. used to it.
1: <laughs> well, it's see, different. Yeah.
2: Sleep deprivation for an, with an infant is so much worse than in residency because in residency, your shift ends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no. it is—it's great being parents, and you have to realize. I don't know if your your listeners realize, but we were doing this whole debt payoff while we were doing IVF. Oh my and gosh! Yeah, we Did were you have doing insurance IVF. that covered it. No,
1: no.
0: <laughs> that's incredible because <laughs> yeah. that is a five figure yeah sum.
2: Yeah. It was because we did three, we did three full cycles of IVF and we tried to do some, some, you know, other cycles in between that. So yeah, it probably, we probably ended up somewhere, I don't know, maybe close to 50 to maybe even 60,000.
1: I think it was higher than that. (laughs) Maybe
2: (laughs) I'm being very modest, but yeah, maybe, uh, north of $60,000, um, Of doing IVF and all of our IVF treatments were actually failures. My son came spontaneously. So
1: he's definitely a darko.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Why are you paying to have a baby when I'm right here?
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right, guys. This is going against your philosophies. (laughs) From what I can tell from the inside. I I, I hear things. That's right. And we
1: just wanted just to thank you actually because we discovered you. So we did she did her IVF treatments about four hours from where we worked at. And um, there was a lot of long trips trying to get there. And we would spend our time listening to your podcast.
0: Yeah. you know, and
1: that spawned a lot of our changes in thought process with money. Right. Um, it spawned a lot of really good conversations when she was awake because <laughs> she, <laughs> she'd be falling asleep while yeah. I'm driving, you know. <laughs> oh, and,
0: wow. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I at least did that for you. That's right. Get you awake on the road. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it, it, we just wanted to say thank you thank very much you. for what you do. Absolutely. Um, you never know what you know, what you're doing is really how and how it's touching people. And um, for at least the past three and a half years, uh, your podcast has been a staple for us. So thank you for what you do. Thank you.
0: Wow. Well, I feel like the thanks is all to you because of your story and other stories that I've showcased on this show. This is why the podcast uh, seems to be hitting a chord. It's because people like you are so open and honest and Successful with your money that, and also, you know, you go through the ups and downs and you share all of that with us. It's a real gift to our listeners. So we're glad we could make it all come full circle for us. Yeah. Yeah. Before awesome. we go, let's do some so many fill in the blanks. I'm sure you're familiar. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So pretend like you've never heard this before, but uh, whoever wants to jump in first, feel free. Okay. So if I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is,
2: uh, so we would probably take care of our family in a responsible way, not just give them gobs of money, but, you know, kind of take care of some things that they probably actually
1: need. And then we would basically use some of the money to further our businesses. hmm. And then we probably give the rest away.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause
0: <laughs> really
1: needs it. Yeah. And still living on two hundred dollars uh, a month. <laughs> for <laughs> groceries. I think we're good. So. You
0: could just live off the interest of whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. you keep. I was just thinking about that the other day. I'm like, how do people who, you know, sell companies let's say mm-hmm. you start a company and then you sell it for a hundred million dollars, which a lot of money, but you know, people are doing that. And then and then what do you do? And I was like, you just live off the interest. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't could. have to – even if it's like sitting in like a bank account earning 1%, that is yeah. enough to live off of.
2: Absolutely. And like your the own endowment.
0: There is such a thing as having too much money. I learned recently when I found out that Kris Jenner, speaking of the Kardashians, mm-hmm. uh, decided that she just wants cute earlobes. So she's getting uh, earlobe surgery. What? Because what is left?
1: Oh my god! <laughs> Making our plastic surgeon rich. I think. Yeah, <laughs> there so yeah.
2: you
0: go. Can you imagine our plastic surgeon's like? I really need to talk to you about something. It's been right. bothering
1: me. It's been on my mind. S- speaking of education, hey, Beb, can I go back and do plastic surgery? No. <laughs> <laughs> Another five years of residency. I don't think so. <laughs> right.
0: Well, just tell me if you're going to pursue medicine. What are the most lucrative categories?
1: Oh, I think obviously plastic surgery, right. ophthalmology, orthopedics. Um, Term dermatology, mm-hmm. I think those are the most lucrative. And in terms of hours also, I think there aren't too, ta- there aren't too taxing. Yeah. Um, right. But I no think one's the, like,
0: I need a sur- I need a nose job in the middle of the night. Like exactly. dentists exactly. on the other hand are probably uh, the most, well, that yeah. and probably OBGYNs. Yeah. Well,
2: oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry. it was just another show. Tangined. Yeah. Sorry. That's I'm right. so curious. Okay. Oh, yeah. When I spend money to make my life easier or better, I spend on?
1: um, This is a good one. So we actually, we don't really have any guilty pleasures. We don't really spend much. The thing that we really spend a lot on really is traveling to go home to see family. So part of our debt payoff is we're about four and five hours away from our family. and, And we live in central PA and our families are in the New York, New Jersey area. So, you know, we drive, we get in our car and we drive there, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's pretty much it. (laughs) We're still stuck in this debt payoff, you know, mentality, (laughs)
0: but you know what? That's a good thing. I feel like that's like when we came out of the recession, the great recession, uh, that was a long period of, of, uh, of, of setback for many people. And it was hard and it was, but it was a real rude awakening, right. To the mistakes that we were making with our spending and our, uh, assumptions about the stock market and real estate, and I would hope that if if like the silver lining to that, and, and I'm using a big story to kind of I think correlate mm-hmm. it to you, what you you guys went through is that when you go through something so challenging and difficult, and you get through it and you thrive, that the silver lining is not just saying, "Hey, I have a zero balance now on my student loans. That's great," but it's also that behavior that has set in and it has hopefully locked itself in. Yeah, you know, to to think that like. You don't need what you thought you did. Um, you can do much more with less. That's a that's such a gift and such a a gift that keeps on giving throughout your life. It's it really it's is really remarkable. Yeah. When I splurge, something you just like, you know, when you ha- let so you had fifty dollars to yourselves back in the days <laughs> every month. Yikes! Um, now we have fifty five. <laughs> oh, stop! Do you have a do you have like a treat yourself account or any kind of way that you're splurging? you know, consciously every so often? Mm, I
1: don't no, know. No, not no. yet. You know, cause we just, we just finished our last payment in December. So we just did the budget for January. We're going through that right now. Um, But no, this is something new to us, Farnoosh. Like we would listen to the people on your show and we're like, man, would it be nice to do X, Y, and Z. But you know, we're just so grained. We're so new at we're it. We're so new at it. We're trying to figure out like, what is it that we really.
2: Maybe I'll get me a pair of Air Jordans. <laughs> Yeah. Really? Is that what's all the rage now? The air, I, I mean, I'm so I, I don't in. know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know I've what's had, all the rage.
1: She's saying that because I've worn the same shoe. I haven't bought a pair or a piece of any new clothing except underwear and socks. <laughs> but that may be TMI. But I haven't bought a pair of new clothing in about four years, five years, because we were so locked in. So she's just saying, like, my shoes have, like, the 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 soles are all, you know, rubbing out and stuff. So <laughs> I do need some new sneakers.
0: I know that when you have a child, you really don't want to spend money on clothing for yourself for a while because where are you going? And first of all, and second of all, (laughs) you know, things don't fit right. At least as a a mom, I know that was my story Mm -hmm. that I just didn't want to spend some – money on clothing that i felt my body wasn't back to where i wanted it. Right. To be. Maybe some shoes or a handbag but not yeah. clothing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's where i am right now. I ha- I don't think i've bought anything since i delivered 8 months ago.
0: But then watch out once you're ready to go back to the department stores or shop online, it you got to control yourself. You got to find a way to like
2: <laughs> rein it in.
0: Rein it in, you know, because um <laughs> it's it's like you haven't had carbs in 6 months. All you want is a donut, maybe 8 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't know what that's like, but I'm just uh, I'm hypothesizing. All right. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up. We you know we didn't really get to ter- talk about your childhoods and how you were raised and what kind of mindset, money mindset, you were raised with. But mm. maybe this can um, give us a hint to that. But what what would you say you wish you had learned more about money growing up?
2: I think I I wish I had learned that I didn't actually have to work for someone in order to make money, that I could actually be someone who is an entrepreneur. Um, I think that while I was growing up, it was, you know, always kind of ingrained that, you know, you have to get a good job, you have to get a good job. Um, So I, I wish that I was not just in control of my money once I got it, but in control of the fact that I could make it on my own. Hmm.
0: I wish that too. My parents never really talked about entrepreneurship as an option, really. I don't think it was because they didn't think that was possible for me. It mm-hmm. just wasn't, it just wasn't something they thought about. Because right. Even if, like I grew up in the eighties, uh, nineties. I, I don't think that entrepreneurship was getting so much of a, of a, I didn't have so much of a public presence and this right. glamorization too of, of entrepreneurship. Uh, back then, but of course, we yeah. didn't have the internet, so we didn't even know half the story. Yeah, who was doing what? Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. All right, Nee, you right. want to take this one?
1: Yeah, I, for me, I just wish I understood better the power of compounding interest and doing more of your money, having your money work for you while you sleep. I just was taught just save, 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 and not knowing, you know, what kind of savings account to put the money into, um, not knowing, you know, about stocks or anything like that. I just wish I had a more of an understanding of how that stuff would work.
0: All right. And last but not least, I'm Ni and Renee Darko. We're so money because.
1: Well, Well, (laughs) we work when
2: we want. Yep. We work when we want. And we work however, however
0: often
1: we we want. want to work.
0: Sounds pretty good to me. I think that's your book or your, your next blog post at the least is really your time management and the way that you have designed your careers to fit your lifestyle and your financial needs i think it's it's just we need more of this out there so thank you so much for stopping by the show and i'm so glad we could connect given all these years you've been listening to the show and i'm happy for whatever help i've been able to give you but really your story is really the huge help here inspiring us hope you have a great rest of your year and hope you get back to australia or wherever your hearts desire next year thank Thank you so
1: much farnoosh thank you
0: Thanks so much to our doctor team, Dr. Nee and Renee Darko. If you'd like to visit that blog they were talking about, go to keepingupwiththedarkos.wordpress.com. And Docs Outside the Box, that's Nee's website, that's docsotb.com, and uh, they also have a Twitter handle at docsotb. All these websites are available at somoneypodcast.com. Just click on this episode and you can download the transcript, the audio, you can find out more about where to find our guests. And I beg you, send me your money questions. We need them. Keep them coming. I like to... Obviously, tap your brains when it comes to figuring out, you know, what are the hot money questions these days. And I wanna be able to help you. So click on Ask Farnoosh while you're there and send me your question, either a voicemail or you can type it in. And looking forward to hearing from you. And by the way, if you want to co-host, that's where you can also let me know. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Happy end of January. We made it next month, February, my birthday month. Just saying. Thanks for tuning in and I hope your day is so money.